MLS. I am Rachel. And I am Melissa. And we are sisters. sisters. <laughs> We're not really sure how to get that lined up well. <laughs> I think we but did we that are this time. <laughs> so, hi, you guys. Welcome to our second podcast. This is really exciting, a little bit surreal that we are actually doing this thing. Um, this is the one where we're going to talk about that we don't have when we don't have friends. Yeah. But before we do that, we had some feedback, lots of feedback from our test um, episode. And we were told maybe we should do some enunciation exercises before we, <laughs> before we talk. And so I was like, what are those? So I'm, I look them up and they're the things, you know, unique New York, those things. And so we're going to do that. <laughs> See how we do. All right. Okay. You ready? <laughs> unique. No, no, unique. No, <laughs> unique. No, unique New York. I was trying to say oh. <laughs> unique New York, unique, unique. <laughs> I think it's a tongue twister for Rachel. <laughs> unique New York, New York. No, no. <laughs> you... Unique New York, unique exactly. New York, unique New York. Whoa. You are really good at that. I'm amazing. <laughs> okay. Unique New York. New York. <laughs> it's so, like you don't know how to talk. It, it is like, I don't know. I should do a podcast. <laughs> I need to talk all the time. Okay. So moving on. So we know Melissa's good. We'll try one next week. We'll see who's Unique, better next week. New York. Yeah. You got it. I feel like everyone listening right now needs to say it to themselves. Yeah. Say it out loud. Take are you mind. Like Melissa, or are you like Rachel? Yeah. And then please let us know in the comments. Mm -hmm. Team Rachel, team, team idiot. <laughs> or team also known as Rachel. Yes. Also known as Melissa. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that was fun. <laughs> um, I'm just laughing that you literally couldn't start the word out right. I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. That was that was embarrassing. That was All right, we'll see if we continue to do this. I kind of like it. I want to find other tongue twisters. Yeah, break. let's maybe try it every time, see how it goes. <laughs> okay. All right. So as I said, today we are going to be talking about that time where we maybe don't have friends, which um, we did some polls on social media and this seemed to be a really big one for women. Yeah. yeah. So, and I am going to clarify what I think a friend means because I think we can have a lot of, of um, acquaintances. Mm -hmm. I think we can have a lot of, I'm doing quote unquote online friends, which mm -hmm. I'm not saying online friends can't be real. Cause right. I have some real friends who I met online, but <clears throat> sometimes we just really need people in our everyday life. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about a friend, I'm talking about someone who I can be myself with. I'm talking mm -hmm. about someone who I can share the depths of my heart with, and also laugh really hard with. And so um, obviously everyone's going to have a different definition of what friend is and someone who will challenge you and mm -hmm. encourage you, you know, yes. meet you where you're at, but like oh. also point you to be, be like the, Jesus it, and be the best version of yourself. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so, and I want to clarify that because <clears throat> some people might be like, well, I have a million friends and maybe those acquaintances are what you consider friends, but I'm talking about the ones who really get into the nitty gritty of life with us. And we don't mm -hmm. often need or have more than one or two of those, mm -hmm. but it's can be really lonely when we have nobody. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the, the acquaintances, they matter, you know, mm -hmm. you know, when like I've just had surgery and I have so many friends who brought food and stuff, but 
they're not the ones that you're describing. They matter. They mean so much to me, but we haven't made it to that level. Yeah. You really can't make it to that level with very many people. Right. Well, right. Like even Jesus had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of followers and friends, but had 12 really close ones. And then three. And then three really, really close. Yeah. Right. Like your inner circle and then your next mm-hmm. circle and then your yep. next circle. So yeah, on. Exactly. So I feel like if the God of the universe can only handle three really <laughs> we don't need to aim for much more than that. <laughs> wow. That's, I have, yes. Thank you for sharing that. Cause we're not expected to be like better than him. <laughs> right. And we're in it. And it just, it takes a lot of intentionality and work to have that kind mm-hmm. of friendship. Right. But what happens when people don't have those three close exactly. friends? Yeah. <clears throat> yes, exactly. So I am recalling a time in my life when I had, um, several little kids. I can't remember exactly how many more than two. So at least three. Um, and my husband was gone all the time. He was an over the road trucker. And I had 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 one really good friend who I was in her everyday life. She was in my everyday life. Um, I thought we had that level of friendship that I just explained. Mm -hmm. And you did have that level of friendship. Yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. And it ended kind of overnight and very abruptly, very painfully, very much without my, I still, I mean, it's been years and I'm not angry or bitter about this. It's just that I still am not even sure what happened. And I'm just Mm -hmm. saying that because that's kind of how unexpectedly it ended. And, um, and I was in a time in my life where getting out of the house was a lot of work. Cause like I said, I had, I'm pretty sure I had three, if I didn't have three little ones, I was about to have my third. And, um, they were, I had three within three years. So, I mean, they were all really little. And so getting out for like attending anything was exhausting for me. And so I was very, especially when half the year was winter living in Minnesota, half the year is winter, which I love winter, but it still takes a lot of work. And Bill didn't come home most nights because he was over the road. So I had to like keep all my energy to get through bedtime. Mm -hmm. So that just made it harder to get to know people and and things like that. And so, um, I was very, very, very lonely. Um, this was before social media was really a thing. Mm -hmm. I don't even think it was a thing. Um, Melissa is a dinosaur. But not a T-Rex. <laughs> no, I'm a T-Rex because I had surgery and I can't yes. move my hand beyond my. <laughs> I wish you could see her flailing about because she knows. Like I know my one little arm is so stupid. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, you were saying. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I mean, it was it was a very it was a very different time than now. So obviously that changes how it is easy to connect or not easy to connect with people, and um, I just was kind of home. All day. Um, I was a photographer, so I worked outside the home, but like mostly on the weekends. And then I edited at home. And um, so I was just home with my kids, which was obviously a gift and a blessing that I got to be with them, but it was also ex- added to the loneliness. Right. I, yeah. And um, and I just remember being, I was at the point in my life where I had been actively seeking Jesus for probably seven years. Um, but it was but I, but everything changed during this period of my life because I suddenly was like, it's kind of me and God, like, that's mm-hmm. it. Like, I don't have a- easy access to anybody else right now. And and obviously I was close to my sister, but she was in a very different stage of, of life. life. Yeah. Um, working full time and didn't have little kids yet. And, and just lived, lived a very different life simply because of that, just not having mm-hmm. kids. And um, and I'm close to my mom, but she was working full time. And like, so I just kind of, and a lot of my friends or a lot of the people that I was acquainted with didn't, where they were at a different stage of life. And it's, that just added to the feeling of that. I didn't have any friends. Mm-hmm. 
And, um, and I remember feeling like I'm going to wither away to nothing or I can find joy in where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And what that looked like is I really started to spend really quality time with God. Like I would spend hours in the morning having a Bible study. Like I would be go, I would go to a Bible study at church every Did you say hours. I would. Yeah. That's what I you just, said. Yeah. I would spend hours, um, in my Bible study. I spent time just, I started really diving into the Bible and, um, I, and, and I started to realize how interesting Jesus actually was. Like I actually mm-hmm. really enjoy spending time with him yeah. and, um, and he became kind of my ride or die. Like I would, I remember, so uh, sometime in this period of my lifetime, Rachel was living in Chicago and I was living in Minnesota. And so I would go and spend time with her and it was always hard. You know, whenever, whenever you're away from home, it's just hard to have anything normal. And so I just, I wouldn't spend good time with God when I was away from home, when I was at her house. And I remember I'd come home and I'd be like, oh, I was excited to get back to time with him. And I hesitate sharing the story because I think that if you've never had that time with God, it can be very much like, yeah, he's not going to replace my friends. Like that sounds ridiculous. I just want in-person friendship. I want someone to have a cup of coffee with or. And you wanted that too. I did want that. Yeah. Right. That was your desire. And, and before this point in my life, I never would have been able to say, you know what? my relationship with God can make me content right now. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't have, I would have been like, yeah, no, I want just people. Like I right. just want actual tangible people. And, um, but it just seemed to be a non-option at that point in my life. And it didn't last forever. I don't right. maybe a year, maybe two years. I don't remember exactly, but which obviously sounds like a long time, but we know that a year or two can go by really fast, but it really changed the rest of my life because mm-hmm. um, first of all, then when friends started coming into my life in a more significant way, I appreciated them in a way that I just, I don't know that I ever did before because I was like, wow, I went a long time without you. (laughs) Yeah. I really need you. Mm -hmm. Uh Yep. And, um, and now, I mean, I'm at a place in my life where I, I have a group, a small group of friends where we have all been friends for over a decade together and, um, get together a few times a year and, we talk on the regular and obviously I have a significantly close relationship with Rachel and with my sisters-in-law and I have a few other friends in there. But, um, I, I think that it's just really easy when we don't have friends to feel like we're a failure, to feel mm. like we're not worth anything, to feel right. like we're valuable, to feel like we are not interesting. We're not funny. We're all these things. And you guys, I am going to say that that did not at all represent who I was because I'm amazing. <laughs> Okay, maybe not, but I know that that was not. She's why. not wrong, but it's not necessary for her to say so. <laughs> well, I just needed to make it clear. Yeah. So, if you're in a place where you don't have friends, you just need to look in the mirror and say you're amazing. That's right. <laughs> no, That's obviously, right. we always have things that we can work on ourselves with and become better at friends and whatever. But I really look back at that time and I'm like, I don't think it had anything to do with what I didn't have to offer. No, it didn't. I don't think it had to do with me. I really think it had to do with God just used the time that was Mm -hmm. hard. And and the Bible says that God will use all things for good if if we allow him to. And Mm -hmm. he used a hard time in my life where I was very lonely and it became kind of like, I look back and I kind of miss those days where I would sit Mm -hmm. on my couch for two hours and just pray and read my Bible and journal and go through a Bible study. And, mm-hmm. and, um, because I just, I don't, I, it's not that I don't have time to do that. I just don't do that anymore. And, but it was a life-changing 
period of time where I just realized how incredibly incredible Jesus is. Yeah. Well, okay. So one of my new favorite verses, it's like old as, I mean, it's, it's old as time. Is it old as the Bible? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone knows this verse, Matthew 633, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Okay. That was not my favorite verse. There's nothing wrong with that verse. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness was boring. Thank you. Yes. No offense, God. It didn't resonate with me. But recently, a couple months ago, I read it in the ERV version and it said, what you should want most is God's kingdom and doing what he wants you to do. Then he will give you all these other things you need. Mm -hmm. And it like got me. I literally have goosebumps. It got me to my core. Mm -hmm. What you should want first is God's kingdom and doing what he wants you to do then, which is sounds so different. It's exactly the same as the other version, but it just really resonated. And that's Matthew 6, 33. And that's exactly what you lived through was, well, I'm just going to want God first. And then he's going to take care of me in his time and in his way. And I had an experience um, different. Like I didn't lose all my friends. I just, nobody claimed me. And we had gone to a church where I felt like I had a lot of friends, you know, you show up and everyone knows you and you know, everyone. And then we left that church and I'm not huge on leaving churches, but there were reasons with my husband's schedule and that we ended up leaving it and feeling like God was calling us to leave that church. And no one really kept me when I left and we didn't leave the town. And that was really painful. And I had just had a baby and like, I was always sending meals to people and signing up meal, like starting their meal trains. And like, I had very few people bring me anything. And I just felt really lonely. And one thing that God really convicted me of is that, um, when we are lonely and we need friends, he designed us for community. Like that's biblical. That desire is not wrong. I think what you went through, and I think a lot of us have been there. It's beautiful, right? You needed that season and I've been there, but that's not like, well, I'll just be here for the rest of my life because community is God's idea. And he wants us, you know, there's so many great verses, like in Galatians, it talks about carrying each other's burdens. And in this way, you're going to fulfill the law of Christ. And in James, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another, you know, get together where two or more are gathered. That's better than one, you know, and Proverbs as iron sharpens iron, we are meant to be these things to one another and and be in fellowship. So that's biblical. And it's something that is God puts on our heart. And I think we're really born with that need to be in community. So it's not a bad desire at all. And I think Jesus was a complete example of that. Exactly. Always in community. And like we already said, he had a big group of close friends and then a small group of really close friends. So I agree that was modeled out. And he took time to spend alone with God and alone in prayer, but like, yeah, he was always surrounded by community. And so it's a, it's something that I think we can learn from your example a hundred percent. Oh my gosh. But then I want to encourage you never to just stay there. Keep asking God, please bring me the people that you want me to have in my life for my sake, for their sake. And so I was in that position and, you know, I really just felt convicted that God was like, you're just waiting for someone to claim you, but like, don't you think other women feel the same way they want? They're just waiting to, and God gave me the personality to start a group, right? Like a lot of women just don't have that confidence. They don't have that personality. 
and and he's bust in and be like, you be my friend. Exactly. But hello, I was given that personality (laughs) and I felt really like convicted. Stop wallowing and waiting for someone to claim you make it happen. Now that I know that that sounds like sometimes that can feel really hard, but you know what I did? I prayed for two weeks. God, give me names of women that you think need what I need. (laughs) These were not people I was really friends with. They were acquaintances. I'd met them somewhere. Some of them were women. I never really saw myself being close with. Mm -hmm. He kept giving me names and I kept writing them down. And for two weeks, I prayed over these names. And eventually I went to every single one of them one-on-one. And I basically said, listen, I'm really lonely. Mm -hmm. I look like I have a lot of friends, but I don't, I don't have those people who are there with me in life. And I prayed and God gave you or your name to me. And I don't know where you're at, but if you want to be in a group like this, we, we're not, it's not a, it's a small group, but like not, I'm not leading you through a Bible say, we're just going to get together mm-hmm. and we're going to figure out how to do life as each other's friends. And I had, I had like, uh, I want to say six or seven women say, yes, that's me. And by the time it dwindled down, it was a group of four of us. And, you know, I've moved since then, like all the way across the country and those women are still so near and dear to me. And they were a complete gift to me. I'm not going to lie. I don't think any of us saw each other being dear, dear friends because it just wouldn't really make sense. I think on the outside, but that was a very spiritual gift, you know, a spiritual blessing because I needed something and God, you know, he meets us in our needs. Right. And he heals us when we're broken heart and he binds up our wounds and all that's beautiful. But then he wants us to take action too. And I took action in the spiritual realm and, and that, you know, so I really want to challenge you guys If you're feeling like Melissa, ask God, is this a time where I'm just supposed to be just you and me? Are you supposed to be my ride or die and and press into that? But if your story sounds a little bit like me, like maybe you'd already experienced, I was a lot older than Melissa and I'd already experienced seasons of that. Uh, And I just knew it was my, my responsibility biblically to, to press into this desire to have a community and what a gift that was to me and still is. But then I took that experience. And when we moved, you know, I didn't just wait for people to claim me. I started reaching out. I started making connections and I have a lot of outer circle people, but God has gifted me with some new inner circle people. And I know everyone's like, doesn't have that. And it's worth praying for it's worth reaching out. And you can, I'm just telling you, if you're just sitting and waiting for people to reach out to you, you might be waiting a long time because a lot of people, they don't have the time, the energy, or honestly, they just don't have the personality to want to reach out to someone they don't know and go, do you want to get together? (laughs) It's kind of like, you know, dating a little bit. Yeah. I have one more scenario that does not apply to me, but applies to one of my closest friends that I want to share, because I feel like there is a lot of women out there who would line up with this third scenario, Sure, yeah, which is that you feel like you don't either deserve close friends or you don't need close friends. Oh yeah. You don't deserve it just because you've lived a life where people have made you feel like you're unworthy or because you have lived a life where you feel like you've had to take care of yourself. So then you don't need anyone else. Mm -hmm. And this friend of mine, and I, she'll know who I'm talking about when she hears this, but I won't (laughs) name her. Um, we'll call her Sarah. Okay. So Sarah says, I don't have a friend named Sarah. I don't think if I do, sorry, friend. <laughs> so sorry, Sarah. <laughs> also, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> so Sarah has, and I have been friends for a long, long time. And she was very hands up for a long time. Like, okay, I'll let you in little tiny bits at a time. And in that process of her and I becoming close, she has 
um, become close to several women that I'm close with. And now is at a place in her life where she's like, why in the world did I think I didn't need people? Like I'm a better person. My life has more meaning because Mm -hmm. of people. So wherever there's three different options that we just kind of shared that I think cover a lot of different people. Um, well, and in that third example, it's a defense mechanism, but it's, mm-hmm. it's also can be pride too. Be. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I'm better. It can be a, I'm a better, I, I'm better alone. I don't need people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's something unhealthy going on in our hearts when we're in a place where we don't think we need people. Right. And this friend of mine named quote unquote, Sarah would agree with you. Sarah would agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's always important in any, anytime we're struggling with something to ask God, and just like look within and go, where's my flesh? Where's my flesh responding yeah. in this? And, you know, is this healthy? Is this okay? You know, cause if we're sitting in like always wishing we had what everyone else has, like right. we're not being content with what we have before thinking, I don't need that. That's yeah. pride. You know, there's always yeah. going to be flesh mixed in and just asking God rooted out. I don't want any part of that. Yeah. And a lot of times once he roots it out, then he blesses you with the gift. Sometimes he's like, I need you to work through some of this stuff first. Oh my gosh, a thousand percent. I could list 10 scenarios in my life where that has been the case. I can see where once I finally let go of whatever I was fighting, then the blessing came or to me, the gift or whatever the thing is that that I wanted. So yes, I agree with that. Totally. So yeah, do we have a challenge? Challenge. Oh, oh gosh. So my challenge would be wherever you are, take some time and think through your friend your friendships. And if you're like, I'm just really in a great place. I'm that makes us so happy. And that's amazing. Yeah. So then I would maybe encourage that person yep. to look around and be like, is there someone who looks lonely? Is there someone yes. that I could be a good friend? I was going to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're the same person. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> God help us. There's two of us. <laughs> I help everyone you're, else. <laughs> they're choosing to be here listening to us. So. <laughs> and then if you're not that person who has friends, if you are any of the other categories, I would encourage you, like Rachel said, there's always something going on within us that can um, be, per- th- there's something that we can work on. Is it yeah. being content where we're mm-hmm. at and just spending time with God? Is it being willing to be brave and step out? Is it our pride or our self-worth, you know, and, right. and just spend some time thinking about that so that you know, even why your friend um, friendship looks or doesn't look the way that yeah. you would look for it to. And bring it to God. Is there, mm-hmm. what do you have for me here? Always exactly. ask that question. Always. What do you have for me here? What do I need to learn? Always ask this. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh no. That's all. Yeah. No, it's a great asking challenge. God, asking God questions about, I mean, my, my kids are always like, well, how do you know when he's talking to us? I'm like, really, the more you ask him questions, the more you know, when yeah. he's talking. So if, if, if you're in that place where you're like, I don't even know if he'll answer, keep asking. And someday, suddenly, just like that, you're going to be like, whoa, you literally just answered my question. Yeah. Yep. It's going to look a little bit different for everybody, but yeah. Ask yeah. Question. That's a good challenge. I like that. It's and you know what? My mom said, our mom, we share the same mom <laughs> said the other day, <laughs> she used a word and I thought it was so perfect. Um, so I don't know if any of you get ingrown toenails. Oh my gosh. I get them constantly. They are the worst. I just had a conversation with Jonathan, our youngest brother about ingrown toenails the other day. This oh my gosh, they're the gross. worst. I go, I go get pedicures and these like, they like clip out my ingrowns and they like have to hold them up so everyone can see how big they are. Ew. <laughs> my friends with me one time and she's like, I didn't even know this was possible. I'm like, yeah, they're yeah. like so proud to get them out. Well, anyways, we get them from our dad. So yeah, like, oh, we blame him for that. We blame our mom for a lot of things. So it's fair he gets <laughs> some things. 
We love you, mom. <laughs> we do love her. So um, anyways, this word my mom, our mom used was, I, I said, you know, my husband, Joey, it was his decision. He said, Hey, I'm going to invite a bunch of people over for a barbecue this Friday. And naturally you're gonna have a barbecue, right? You want to invite like all your best friends, all the people you want to hang out with. And he goes, I'm going to invite the people that we want to get to know, but we don't spend that much time with. And so like our, a lot of our closest friends, he didn't invite. And my mom goes, that's beautiful. She goes, because you don't want to get too ingrown. And I was like, Oh, Mm -hmm. if you could see her face, she's not as into it as I was. (laughs) No, I'm thinking of the visual of an ingrown toenail. (laughs) And how gross that is. And you're right. We don't want to get, we don't, we don't want other people to be on the outside, just lonely. And it's like, we have our people. So right. We're all taken care of. Yeah. And it's like, you know, anyway, so I liked, I love that. I love that word and just reach out. I know it's busy. I know life is, but ask God for opportunities to reach out Mm -hmm. to new people. Or if you're in the situation where you're great to people who look like they could use some friends or ask God, he'll give you a sense to a sense of who needs friends or whatever. Um, so like my example, okay, well, we should wrap this up. This is probably long. So, but I think before we go, it's really important that we take some time to try out again, unique New York. (laughs) I've been thinking about it in my head. No, I already can't. Unique New York, unique New York, unique New York, unique New York. Oh my gosh. Three times, four times in a row. You did it. Welcome to my side. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm team awesome as well. (laughs) See you team loser. (laughs) All right. You guys have a great day. And thank you for joining us again. We'll see you next time. Bye.